Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. All right, you guys. I seem to be on this kick lately, right, with data and measuring and numbers and tracking. And I think as you get deeper into your business and you you start paying attention to that stuff and you see how it really pays off and the value uh, and the return on doing that, you're going to you're going to love this. Anyways, I, I came across this blog. It's called growandconvert.com. And I want to say my brain is not working the way it used to, but I found it through sort of like an aggregated feed, you know, where you get a list of a bunch of content in a day. And, and, and so I went and it was on content marketing, but these guys are growing. The goal is to see if they can grow the blog to 40,000 visitors in six months. And I started consuming the content and I was like, oh my God, and tweeted something they did. And they're like, oh, thanks. I'm like, I'd love to interview you guys. And that's really how this all happened. And to say I was um, in awe of the knowledge bombs they dropped would be an understatement. Um, you're going to hear this is Davish Kanal and Benji Hyam of GrowAndConvert.com. And this is a project they're doing together. They'll explain this all to you guys on the show. But if you want to follow the strategies, all you need to do is subscribe to the blog. But I'm going to have them both on the show again, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But anyways, enjoy. And I would suggest, again, this is something you might want to have a pen and paper for. And uh, it's a little bit over an hour. And I, I could have kept them <laughs> on there all day. And this is probably the quietest I've been on a show. But enjoy, you guys. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. I am really excited. This is probably one of the quickest interviews I've made happen because uh, when I found the, the project that we're talking about, the site, the blog, um, I instantly tweeted it and I'm like, you guys, I want to have you on the show. <laughs> um, so just for what that's worth, you guys. And, you know, I was thinking back, one of you had asked me um, where I, I found you guys, and I want to say it was through a curated content marketing feed. So I will get a little more deep in that. But interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited. Let me introduce you guys. My guests today are uh, Benji Hyam and Devesh Kanal. Did I pr- pronounce your names correctly? Almost. Uh-oh. <laughs> Correct me, please. <laughs> Davish Kanal. Davish. Okay, thank you. I apologize for that. Um, and they are both coming to us from growandconvert.com. Uh, but before we jump into this, can you guys fill in the listeners on what you do outside of this project? Um, I run a conversion optimization agency called Davis Design, and we work uh, with businesses that have a significant amount of traffic online to increase their conversion rates. This is like SaaS businesses getting more free trials, e-commerce businesses getting more sales, um, or content marketing-based businesses generally wanting to increase their email list size. Uh, awesome on all. Th- I'm I'm sitting here and I already have a feeling like I'm going to want to talk to you guys individually for shows too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so your turn, Benji. Uh, I'm a director of growth at a company called Everwise. So that's in San Francisco. And then yeah, just do this on the side. And uh, I also have a company with my dad uh, in San Diego where it's called Founder Insights, mm-hmm. and it's basically just a meetup for founders where we bring in a founder to share their story about how they grew their business uh, once a month. 
That is awesome. Um, I'm like, I would love to listen to that podcast if you guys have one. We don't have one yet, but uh, if you want to form one. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, before we get into Grow and Convert, how did you guys connect and, and come up with this project? Yeah, that was that was kind of interesting. So uh, there's a Slack group that I started about a year ago, and there's about 50 different marketers from all over the country. Um, and that was kind of just formed out of the need. I was at a, another startup previously that had four people. Um, so two, two co-founders, me and a salesperson. And I just kind of needed some other people to bounce ideas off of. I'd never really been in that small of a setting before. So, uh, just through a network, I started, uh, reaching out to people that I knew who I trusted in marketing and it kind of just grew organically. And so one of the people in, uh, the Slack group is Sujan Patel, mm-hmm. and um, he he basically started throwing these dinners what like five months ago, uh, where he was he was just kind of traveling around the world actually, and and bringing marketers together um, in, in the different cities that he went to, and so that was my first time actually meeting him in person. We had connected for about a year through Slack and on phone calls and through email, uh, and then uh, he. He told me to come over early because uh, it was it was just the first time we were connecting, and um, Davis was the first person there. So <laughs> it was kind of us three sitting at a table, and I'll, I'll kind of let you take the rest of the story from here. Yeah, um, I, I mean, we just started talking, so it was just us three for a while. And I said, uh, and Benji was just explaining what he did, and he it was explaining. So he mentioned he was working at Everwise, and he was just talking about things he was kind of thinking of doing on the side, like, um, writing a book, uh, about content marketing and all the things he's learned about doing it for businesses. And so then I was just talking to him and we were just exchanging ideas and we, and I said, well, I do conversion stuff. And he was like, Oh, that's interesting. I want to know more about that. Let's connect afterwards. So we talked at the dinner about a bunch of stuff. And then, um, and then we were just chatting afterwards about sort of like, interesting things. And we thought we really should do some sort of project together. I, I think it literally started with that. Like, Hey, we should find a way to work together somehow. <laughs> and then on that first phone call, this idea came up. Um, cause I said, I said, you can write a book, but like a book, I mean, how many people read it? Cause I just <laughs> think in terms of, of conversions cause that's what I do. And so, <laughs> so I said, I mean, a book, like, what are you trying to do? Like make money off of a book? I mean, if you're Stephen King, you can make money off of a book, but most people, in sort of marketing and business, they just do it as like uh, an exposure channel. And to say that I'm published, it's just really just like a marketing ploy. And yeah. so I said, um, what about like, you know, just starting an entire blog about your knowledge, then you right. could grow and, you know, you could grow and have an email list of 100,000 at some point. That is like, you can, you can start a business off of that. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> and he was like, well, how would I grow that? What would I blog about? What would the business be? And so I was telling him all the stuff that I knew. And he was like, well, why don't we do this? Cause I can like, I know how to like do the content marketing and the promotion and build the audience. You know how to convert that audience to a list, test product ideas, et cetera. And so, um, so we thought, okay, well, what would that look like? We want to just start another like blog about <laughs> blogging. Yeah. And so, and so then, um, I don't know where the actual idea. I, I, I do. So yeah. So I I had been playing around this with that, this idea of basically traveling and starting a blog about traveling. So I, I think I guess to take a step back, 
what I realized was that there's like so many like people that are like digital nomads and they like leave and you see these stories in like business insider. That's like, I grew my company to a million dollars while traveling. And it's like for most, for, yeah. for the average person, you're like, well, great. That's cool for you. But like, I can't connect with you because I think what I started realizing is, is you, for so many people, you only see like the success story and you don't see everything that they went through to accomplish that, like the challenges that they had to overcome, like the hardships and all that kind of stuff. So you only see one side of it. And so I was kind of playing around with this idea of like basically doing like a live case study of me trying to start a business on the road and like really talking about the entire experience uh, from me leaving to uh, actually like launching this thing. And so that was kind of where that book idea came in. I was like, well, what if I just like write a book while I'm gone and then document the whole experience of me doing that? And he's just like, that's probably not the best way to do it. Like to write a full book is going to take a lot of time. And so then it kind of, we were just going back and forth on, on our first call. And I was like, well, what if we took a similar concept and just documented us growing a website from scratch and showed people like the hardships that we went through and we just basically did a live case study of us teaching other people how to do content marketing for businesses. Um, because between the both of us, I have the experience of developing content strategy and actually growing a blog to a pretty good amount for a business and then turning that into revenue. And he has the whole conversion optimization side. He's done courses and all this really interesting stuff for other clients. So between both of us, we, we really complement each other really well. I'm like, you guys are like a match made in heaven for a marketer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we're in the we're in the URL that we picked, grow and convert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and I, I'm like, God, how did I'm surprised that URL was even available, but that's awesome. Yeah, that's a whole I don't even know how that happened. I we were just kind of like bouncing around names. And I, I think it was just like one of the first names, and I like looked on GoDaddy and it was open. And like then 299. Yeah, and somehow our, our Twitter account was open, our Facebook account. I'm like, how has no one like claimed this name? It's we have to do this. Oh my god, there's there's so much in all of that what you said, um, and I love the strategy, Benji, of of sharing that process because I know that's where I've connected with my audience. When you share, like, well, this didn't work, or I launched this, or I did this, and it sucked. <laughs> you know, really kind of in 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 the trenches of the work and not work as opposed to sort of the overnight success that took 10 years and you just see the glamour side. Yeah, yeah. and you see one medium post that says this is how this is how we grew our business and now we run Dropbox and it's worth a billion dollars, <laughs> right? You're like, "Okay, like well so it's like a Wednesday and I have a job and I want to start a business. Like what do I do?" Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't think of Dropbox. Yeah, so exactly. You're like, how do I relate to that? There's a book um, that people that are that should check out. It's like this tiny book. And while you you were mentioning that, I just grabbed it from my bookcase right now. I'm holding it in my hand. It's called Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. And a guy gave it to me. Um, and it's like this little. You could read it like on like a short leg flight. It's like this little, it has like drawings and photos. And he basically is just, I don't know. He's like an artist. I I read it a while back. He's an artist and he just talks about how it, in today's age, some of the most interesting ways to build an audience is to simply talk about what you're doing in gross detail along the way. Um, and so that, that applies. So there's like, for us, it's, it's, we're, we're doing marketing. And so there's a little bit of like, a, okay, you're blogging and then talking about blogging, like whatever. But 
and and even then you see what happened like you you uh just said you know that you saw us on some on on some curated site and said oh we have to talk to you and like mm-hmm. our email list is exploding we've only been doing this for a couple of weeks whatever so it's already interesting if you then but in marketing there's a lot of clever people in our space oh. and so Projects kind of similar to this have happened. I mean, just to give credit where it's due, there's a company called WP Curve started by a guy who uh, was just blogging about everything he was doing to try to start a company. He had a SaaS business. He blogged about all that. It didn't work and it like failed, but he blogged about it. And at some point he thought, well, maybe I should just do this WordPress service. And then it now is like this raging success. Um if I've, I've had this- Dan on the show. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, and it's oh, funny. Yeah. And, and he turned me, I became obsessed with content marketing because of Dan when, uh, when he showed me that he grew this, you know, strictly through content marketing. I was like, all right, let, let's, let's start strategizing about and this. If you look back, like I've done it, like his URL is really simple. You can just go really far back mm-hmm. into his posts and you can see his old posts where he talks about, and you would know the, the name of his old company where he talks about it and he's like, okay, we're at $450 a month in revenue. And then the next <laughs> month he's like, well, we're still at a $450. Like he's totally honest about it. And he's like, yeah. this is not working. Yeah. If you did this concept on other businesses, um, it's, it's pretty fascinating because you would, you would start, especially for creative businesses. I understand if you're like, I don't know, a, an executive coach or something, you're trying to project some kind of, um, like expertise and maybe this is not appropriate, whatever. Like there's always ways that you can talk yourself out of something, but especially if you're an artist, um, that would be incredible. If you yeah. just had an entire blog that was talking about it, you would develop all sorts of, of, of cred in your community. And don't you think that's the connection piece with the audience, right? I mean, all of a sudden you become relatable and they're thinking, oh, okay, exactly. well, yeah. Sorry, Benji. So, no, no, that's, I mean, that's kind of like what spawned this whole thing. So I think with my personal blog, I started, I started like noticing these things so that there was another site, Groove HQ, who, who did a similar thing growing yeah. to a certain amount of monthly recurring revenue for their business. I, I totally it, read their blog too. <laughs> exactly. And so like, uh, I think I think the concept for me was uh, when I had originally started my personal blog. It was for me it was testing what grew an engaged audience. So like, what were the the the, the levers you pull to to build a really engaged following? Um, and, and I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It's about being relatable. And so the the two things that I kind of realized that you need to do if you want to do this are um, you have to be transparent. Uh, just in everything that you're doing. And, and you have to be willing to be vulnerable too. I think those are the two drivers uh, that build an engaged audience. And so I think all this was kind of tested on my personal blog. If you just put everything out there, um, you can relate to people on, on a different level. And it's the same thing as like, I think that was the reason why I got this idea to travel because like to most people, you, you see these businesses who who come out and have this great success story, but you're like, I can never be that person or even, even Tim Ferriss, for example. So you have the four hour work week and people read that book now and they're like, well, he's a multimillionaire. He invests in all these companies. I could never be like Tim, but like to take a step back, like he was just like everyone else, what, five, six, seven years ago or however long ago it was. Um, but people didn't get to experience that with him and, and relate to him. It was like he wrote the book and then people found out about it afterwards. So mm-hmm. I guess the concept for this is to allow people to follow along and 
And if we are successful, they get to experience it with us and see what we did to, to be successful. And if we completely fail, they get to learn from our mistakes. And so it, we're on the same playing field as everyone else, I'd say. Well, I, I love that. Let me, in terms of like the audience and targeting this. So let, let's kind of dive a little bit into the initial strategy that you guys created. And how did you go about, like, did you sit down and create a content strategy? And I mean, you guys have goals and stuff. What, mm-hmm. what did you do to say, okay, you know, let's, let's plan this out to launch this. Um, yeah. So <laughs> well, and if it's not super, whatever you guys yeah. want to share, it doesn't have to be some no, diehard not. strategy. <laughs> yeah. I would say me and Davis are very different in that I'm not a huge planner and I'm not very process oriented and he's the complete opposite. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so the answer, what Benji is stumbling over is that, <laughs> is that for him, the strategy happens in his head at 60 yes. miles an hour. And so he's like, and then we'll write about this, we'll write about that. I know that'll get shares. This will go, this has a chance of going viral. And then we'll have this collection of this. It's like a very kind of right-brained type thing. Yeah. And so I'm left-brained, right? I do like <laughs> analytics, conversion optimization. I was like physics major. And so um, and so I'm like, okay, well, so like, what is our first post? <laughs> our second post? <laughs> What is the sequence? Like, what story or arc are we telling? You know, like it's some sort of Netflix drama that you can't, you can't, you gotta keep watching the next episode. Like, what's happening? And so that has, that has been something that kind of has developed organically. So let me give a concrete example. But initially we had a post, we're like, okay, well, well, we have to sort of announce what we're doing, right? And then um, we did that, and that was kind of interesting, and we got um, a decent amount of, of traffic. Like, we went from zero to a thousand uniques. Um, uh, immediately or very quickly, I think. Yeah, a week or two. And then then that's also, just to be clear for people that are like, well, wait a minute, I like do interior design and I started my interior design blog and I didn't get a thousand. There's also something there that we have this Slack group, this community and, and a network of other marketers who spend all their time online and in marketing communities sharing and clicking and reading blog posts. So just like, just remember that traffic numbers are not analogous. Somebody else's hundred thousand doesn't mean that you need to hit that to grow sure. a business. So, so that, that caveat out there. Um, so we started there and then how did it continue from that? What was the content strategy? We had sort of ideas. We're like, okay, well, like, how should we, we base it on this general concept, Kim, to answer your question is like, it, we wanted to talk about growing, doing content marketing, uh, for businesses that are not sort of solopreneur content marketing based businesses. In other words, there's an entire community of people that sort of some people label as the internet marketers that sort of, they have a blog, it's about blogging. And like, that's, that's what happens. And, and like, that's what, you know, and Kim, this may be sort of in your sphere, right? There's an yeah. entire like entrepreneur network of this. That's totally fine. But where Benji came from and just us being sort of, uh, you know, San Francisco Bay area and there's like all these startups We wanted to sort of cater to like, what about people that are running content marketing for a startup or a medium sized business, or maybe even a big business. And they have some resources at their disposal, but the business itself is not about the blog. The business is something else. It could be Airbnb. It could be software. It could be an e-commerce shop that sells like women's clothing. It could be anything. And a blog is merely a tool. How would we break that down and build their strategy? And like, if we were, if we were consulting for them, what would we do? We would sit down and talk about who your target audience is. What do they read? Where do they hang out? So we talk about sort of 
the the persona and and that kind of comes with it like little inklings of promotion strategy stuff and then what could we write about what has been written about what would be unique and that's sort of as the, that's the content strategy starts to develop so we thought well let's just do that for ours so then our second post was about content strategy then benji's right brain came in and he was like well I know a lot about hiring writers and I know that's a huge pain point for people. So let's just start writing about that. And I was like, hold up, hold up. Shouldn't we like do the story arc? Like yeah. hiring writers, we haven't even talked about like developing a bunch of posts and how you should write and how often what we're writing about. Write. Yeah. Well, what are we writing about? And he was like, let's just go with it. <laughs> so, so that's what I had to do well so far. <laughs> I know. And it worked. And so yeah. the writing posts did really well. A bunch of people were like, Oh, I have this exact problem. And then we, and then that got the target audience that we were speaking of. That got the people that were working at companies doing car- target marketing. They were like, I could hire writers. Well, I don't know how to do it. And like, Oh, how did you do this? And they're just discussing all these little details about it. Um, and so I sort of then relented and we have sort of a general content strategy, um, uh, in terms of like, who do we want to target? We kind of touched on that right now. Yeah, we want to um, solve pain points that people face in businesses. And so like this all came from me being at think apps. And so about a year and a half ago, I joined that company that I was referring to earlier and I knew content marketing was going to be a huge driver of growth for them. Cause basically I looked at the space. They were a, they were a software development company and I was like, you know what? There's a huge opportunity here. No, no other software development company is really investing heavily in content and really educating their audience about how to build great products. And so that, that gives us a huge opportunity to come up in the space because no one else is really doing it. But through like an idea is great, but then actually executing on it was very difficult. So it's like, okay, we need technical writers. Uh, in order to to write about design development, um, even just like uh, product managers and people who can think through building products, and we need all this really s- specific expertise. How do we go build a writing team that can do this? And I built a blog uh, at a company called Vistage, and that grew from a thousand to twenty thousand in a year. But I also it was a large company. I also had a lot of resources available coming into a startup with four people and, and no resources and like the founders don't have time to spend writing articles all the time. I had to like figure out how to basically hire writers, uh, develop a whole content strategy for an industry I knew nothing about and then how to grow that. And then, and so there were all these, it was, it was a lot of like trial and error and testing a bunch of different stuff. And I finally figured out like a process that worked and we were able to grow from zero to 35,000 unique visitors in six months. And that ended up being the biggest driver of leads and growth for the company. And so that was kind of like where this whole idea happened was because after that, and even when I first met David, she was like, well, like, how does content marketing work for B2B businesses? Can you like close large deals from content? And Oh, yeah, that was one of our first... Uh- conversations i totally forgot because i was talking about it for me yeah because before benji showed up sujan and i had had drinks before because we i like i'm working with him uh uh in his company and and uh so we're just meeting up and talking shop and then we were just talking about my cro business and how i'm sort of growing that and strategies there and i and i there's a lot of stuff in consulting and some people say to get high-end consulting clients 
the, those people are not like reading new, like an VPs or executives of say 500 people companies are not just like reading posts <laughs> they're like <laughs> doing work and the way to get those clients is to network and so and, and, and so that's what we were talking about and when Benji showed up he was talking about content marketing etc and so I brought that up I remember that and I said yeah, yeah like I, it wouldn't work for me you know yeah. because if I'm trying to get those clients that's not uh, how to do it and, um, cause those guys aren't reading blog posts. And Benji yeah. was like, that's ridiculous. Of course it would. And so then we started <laughs> talking about think apps. I mean, keep, keep in mind, I think the one lesson that I mean, this is an evolving thing. And so yeah. by no means am I or both of us like supreme experts on anything, but I, I think what I'm learning is there's also different ways to sort of. Um, cut the cake. I like to say that. I just made that up because I don't like <laughs> to skin cats. I think that's like a really weird thing phrase to use. So yeah, I'm glad you used cut the cake. I like cut the cake because <laughs> it's like that's you will get nice, attribution right? for that. <laughs> right. Uh, so anyway, there's many ways to do it. So I I do know people that are running huge CRO agencies that the blog is kind of a side thing and they don't really yeah. get deals from it. Mm-hmm. Um, they got it through networking and this, that, and the other. And I also know at least one agency that's in my sphere that when I talked to them, they said, yeah, our leads come from our blog and they just dominate the blogosphere in it. So, um, yeah, there's different ways. I think all this goes back to just knowing your audience and knowing, knowing, knowing the pains of your audience. So when you're talking about our content strategy after, after leaving think apps, I had a bunch of people that would come to me and like, well, like, how did you do this? Like, how did, how did you grow? Like, what did you write about? How'd you figure out how to write about? How'd you find writers? How did you convert your audience once you got them? And so I had, I kept having this come to me like over and over again. And then I kind of just realized, okay, this is actually like a, a huge pain point for people. Like people understand that they need to go into content marketing, but they don't know where to even get started. Like what's step one? What's step two? Like how do I do this for my company? And so that was kind of what got me thinking about this site. And then when I met Davish, it like all came together because he has this skill set and I have like the content like strategies type of skill set. And so like between both of us, it works really well and we can help educate the market about how to do this for hopefully any type of business. I mean, that's, that's the goal and, and coming soon, we're going to start uh, describing how to develop content strategy for SaaS businesses and, and different types of industries and different types of business models. And so it's really just talking about how we would think through doing this for other businesses and hopefully through that, uh, through our writing and sharing our ideas, people can get ideas of how they can apply it to their own business. Because another thing that I'm, I'm seeing, and I think what separates really good marketers out there from like the not so great marketers is you see all these articles that describe step by step process for how to do something, uh, within marketing. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize that like, those are great. Like seeing how some other company did the skyscraper technique or like a step-by-step process for creating a content strategy. It, it doesn't work for people like that. You can't just go take someone's exact process and go apply it to your business because it doesn't work like that. Every single business is different. The way you approach content marketing for think apps versus this site versus anything else I've been a part of is going to be completely different. You have to take pieces and concepts from these things and then figure out how to apply it to your own business. And so we're just trying to provide like the high level thinking and, but like go into depth in terms of how we could, we would think about it if we were them but then we want 
other marketers to, to take these concepts and then figure out how they can apply it to their own business. Because there isn't like a proven method that you can do this every single time for every single type of business. Yeah, no, it's definitely not a plug and play. And I wanted to, I want to just two things. One is that for everybody listening, because I, and I'm going to start commenting, but on the site, there's your content is totally applicable. Everything you guys are doing on Grow and Convert, so th- th- it doesn't have to be like a B two B. It doesn't have to be a big corporation for somebody to get value. I just want to drive that home yeah. because in case people are like, well, you know, I don't blog for you know for big companies. Yeah. Um, so just to preface that, and it, it made me think about, and I, I apologize, I don't remember the name of the company, um, but it was in Joe Polizzi's book, uh, the the pool company that was mm-hmm. flailing, uh, right? Marcus Sheridan. Yeah, uh, river pools and spas. So yeah, that's actually interesting that you bring that up because I met Marcus, I think in 2009 or 10. Uh, and, and he was actually, so I had met him right after growing the blog at Vistage. And uh, we actually hired him to, to come speak to uh, our whole audience at Vistage. We had this huge conference and uh I met him at Blog World, I think in LA in 2009 and saw him and he was like in a little side room. And, uh, we had, I think it was either there or at Vistage. We had a New York Times reporter come in and, and see his presentation. And he ended up getting a New York Times piece from that. And, uh, he was, he was a big inspiration to me seeing how he grew that business and kind of learning from him. Um, and so yeah, super interesting. That's, that's actually like one of the first people that I really looked up to in this space. So let me ask you this, guys, with with how you're doing this and your strategy and sort of who your target market is, is that an element where you were saying, you know, share like share the work, right? Is that part of, is that a solid strategy that some of these bigger companies are willing to do in terms of kind of pulling back the curtain? I think it depends on the company. I think yeah. one, one asterisk you got to put on share the work is yeah. make sure that your content, though, applies to... Um, they're your target audience. So yep. here's an example. Like if I'm an interior designer, like, or, or Kim, give an example of like a typical listener of this podcast and we can, we can run with it. Um, probably more of a, like a solopreneur that maybe they've got a team of say three to seven people and they provide services, maybe some digital products, but it's more of a service based business would be my guess. Coaching web development, um, from that perspective. Yeah. So, um, so web development's a good one. So we can say that. So like, say, you know, I build, uh, WordPress sites for all kinds of businesses and I can build a Shopify store with it, et cetera. So how would I then expose myself? That's actually a really good example because I've talked to some people on my list that say, you know, I'm a web developer or whatever. There's a million web developers that are super famous. Like how do I get people to use me yeah. for, for building their website? Um, so in that aspect, so how do we apply the show your work example? So what you don't want to blog about, the asterisk I'm talking about is, uh, and, and this is, again, maybe even this comes with a grain of salt, is like if you talk about growing a web development consultancy, are you necessarily attracting your audience? Like if what you're really good at <laughs> is building like, I don't know, Magento is an e-commerce platform, right? So yeah. uh, attaching these like, e-commerce platforms to a WordPress site to build like an e-commerce store and have it be really good. And your, your design is really good, et cetera. So that's for like maybe medium sized e-commerce. That's who you're trying to target for that. I don't think show your work 
means then start a blog on how you're growing a web development agency. So, for example, in my CRO, like conversion optimization, conversion rate optimization, for those who are wondering what CRO is, <laughs> it, that for that, I'm not, I don't really blog about that much uh, about growing an agency. Because yeah. my target audience are these companies that have traffic and they want to increase conversion. It's actually similar to the web development uh, example is they don't really care about that. I have a couple blog posts on it and it actually, they actually do really well. Um, guest posts on other blogs because there's a lot of people that want to learn how to do stuff, but I don't really talk about that. Show your work instead would be what is the challenge of taking a site that maybe like already has a blog, already has a bunch of content, is but needs to be improved needs to implement this magento integration or whatever nerdy thing that you do really well for your <laughs> for your clients right how do you make that transformation what does the timeline look like how long does it take how do you do a web redesign like what's yeah. a simple way to do it what's another the work you're actually doing for your clients because that is of interest to your target audience and it's still a version of show your work not how you like hire people to help you in your web development business, whether you no. use QuickBooks or Zero. I mean, that's a version of show your work, but that would be if you're trying to say, like, sell a course on growing a web development business, which a lot of people do. They, like, start off with a consultancy and then they switch to teaching other people to do what they do. Yeah. That's fine. In that case, then you show all that other detail. But if you're just trying to attract a particular audience, you do that. So interior design, not how you grew your interior design business. It would be all the details that you actually implement for your clients. Yeah, it's how, it's how you think through doing all this stuff for your clients and sharing real examples of, of clients and like what their problem was and then how you solve that problem for them and then what the outcome was. I think if there is a formula, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's one, understanding really deeply what the pain is of your customer and then showing how you would go about thinking through solving that or if you actually did solve that. What were the results of that? And what was the outcome for that person? So that you, like for other people who are not there yet, they feel inspired and they can kind of look to this example as something that they aspire to, to do or, or to be like. That, that's so interesting. It's, it made me think, it's funny. It made me think about like, <laughs> you know, even word camps and stuff and I'll have people like, oh, you're going to word camp. I'm like, well, no, my customers aren't at word camp. <laughs> Yeah. You know, so it's, it, it is, it's kind of in terms of talking and going with the, the problem, the people you're trying to solve the problem for. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, in terms of, and it's both content, uh, conversions, but you know, what are some of the mistakes that you guys see people making when trying to grow a blog and get traffic? Putting uh, out a bunch of posts and doing nothing for promoting them. That's mistake yeah. number one. A hundred percent. I think that's the biggest thing I've seen too, is just, uh, if you, if you well, build it, they will come. <laughs> yes. Well, I think you see a lot of companies that companies or blogs that write these posts about like, um, all the data to, to do blogging successfully. And it's like, Oh, we found that the, the top 50 business blogs, um, posted three blogs a week and shared on Twitter five times. <laughs> yeah. Shared on, or, on and they Facebook. share between 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. Exactly. local time. <laughs> and like the time that they post their blog posts is at 8 a.m. And that's the best time that we found to post stuff. I can tell you like all that stuff doesn't matter. And it like, it actually like makes my blood boil a little bit. Like when I see that kind of stuff, because it's like, it's like, the data doesn't lie. Well, the data lies if you're not measuring the right things. And so I think 
that's kind of what I've seen a lot of people do is like measure these vanity metrics. And then when other companies try to go implement the same thing and they're like, Oh, well, I saw this post. And so if we want to be a top business blog, we just need to post three times a week and at 8 a.m. and just do three uh, Twitter posts and we'll be good. And then they start doing this and they're like, wow, we're not getting any traction here. I, I wonder what's going on. And so that's a mistake I see a lot of people doing is just like looking to these other examples. And I think that's kind of where like I really enjoy writing and helping people because I see so many of these people giving advice like this. And it like really bothers me because you're steering people in the complete wrong direction. And so to kind of loop back to where David started, I think, I think the biggest thing I see is, is people writing content, but then not focusing enough on the distribution aspect. And so I think that's kind of why I wrote a, a blog on my personal blog uh, that was about distribution tactics I used at ThinkApps. And I think that's why it really related to people because people understand that uh, distribution is the biggest challenge, but you need like, I, th- I think you just need like a list of a ton of different ideas of, of how other people are distributing their posts to figure out how you can distribute your own. And so I could say from some of my learnings, I think the biggest things are finding communities of people in your target audience and sharing your content within those communities. So for us, uh, what we're doing is we're finding where marketers hang out, whether it's Facebook groups, uh, different marketing Facebook groups. Um, we're, uh, we're very involved in growth hackers and inbound.org. Um, there's communities on Google Plus even that most people don't even look into that we share content with. So it's, it's really doing some research initially and, and figuring out where these groups of people are and then figuring out how to engage them in these communities. I'd say that's like a big driver. The other thing is like engineering distribution into your posts. So for example, when, when we're writing a lot of the posts, a lot of the times I pull examples from other companies uh, or other people that I respect or other people that have a similar audience that we're trying to go after. And then after we write this post, I'll share it with them. And, and a lot of the times it's not like just sharing it with them with the expectation that they're going to go share this with their audience. But if you're really talking about something that they did well, it's like, if someone reached out to me and gave me a compliment and said, like, hey, we wrote this whole post about you. It's like, I'm more likely to share this with my audience than someone who's just asking for a favor. Absolutely. And, and so it's a similar concept. If, if I'm writing about someone or something uh, and I'm telling how great of a job they did and I go share it with that person, it's more likely that they'll share it with their audience and they have a whole other group of people that are interested in um, in the space that they're in. And so now this, if they go and share it with their audience, now it builds awareness with an audience that's probably never heard of us before. And now we've just gained some new followers. So that's like another way that we're uh, thinking about distribution is engineering distribution into the post somehow. Um, And then we're doing a lot of experimenting right now. So um, Quora is another great example that we're, we've been testing really heavily for like the last, what, two weeks. Um, How's that working with Quora? Uh, it's been a little bit hard to track, and I know Davish has been a little bit upset <laughs> not being able to do analytics and, and the way, see. Yeah, the way that it comes into Google Analytics, we think, is just direct. So it's not it's not showing up as referrals, and so we're having to manually now. And I don't know if we've actually done it for the post we already written. It's like use UTM parameters to uh, to fix that. 
So we'll write about it. Like if you're curious, what the heck is a UTM parameter? What are you talking about? We'll probably, when we figure out what's happening on Quora, we'll write a post on it for sure. So you can join our email list. Yeah. And I think this month we'll probably do a, a post. I think Davis will probably do the post that wraps up like where we ended up on our traffic and, and list building side. And I'll probably do a, another full post just on everything that we tested in, in content promotion and distribution this month and what's been working, what's, what we're going to double down on and just like new things that we're going to try going forward. Cause I think. One thing that I've started noticing too is uh, people using other content platforms to drive distribution. So, for example, like Medium, LinkedIn, um, you, I mean, basically taking posts on your own blog and then syndicating them to these other platforms that have basically built in distribution um, as a way to drive traffic back to their posts. Can I ask you I, really quick on that? Because I've been, yeah. you know, I've, I've been following Medium and looking, and I mean, I read a lot on Medium. Is it, in terms of just republishing the same content or you're editing it? I mean, is there a concern for duplicate content or exactly? And so I think that's, that's what's always kind of worried me about doing this is just like, what type of consequences does this have from an SEO perspective? Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that I've always kind of questioned and that's kind of why I've never done it before. Um, when I was doing this at think apps, that was like a big concern doing it for another company, especially, uh, was always a big concern of mine because I wouldn't want to hurt their their rankings in any way. Um, but I had a friend who is basically growing his entire business off of Medium. Uh, all he did was write on Medium and, and used Medium publications to get in uh, large larger publications. Like I think he was in Read Read Write Web, Pando Daily. He got a bunch of like press because of it, and that ended up driving a lot of growth. And he ended up writing a book uh, on Medium. Uh, and so we would talk like every single week about what he was doing, the impact it had. And he was able to get like a ton of traffic very quickly. Um, and I think like each of his posts were getting like 12, 20,000, 30,000 visitors. Cause he was like pretty early on in medium writing really interesting posts. Um, but then another concern of mine using those kind of platforms as your main blogging channel is just that you don't own the audience. So like, if you're if you're blogging on WordPress and you own your domain and you're hosting, it's like you can kind of control what happens with your traffic. Mm-hmm. I think one of my concerns just with using one of those channels as your main blogging platform is that um, yeah, you you don't own the site, and so you can't can like let's say you're getting a ton of traffic, it's like you can't do things with that um, as easily as you could with your own site. So I think we're going to test some of this stuff for ourselves and just kind of see what the impact has. And I think that's a lot, like a lot of what we're trying to do is just test things on our own and then share our learnings with others so that people can like, well, we're willing to go test this on ourselves and then people can take our learnings and go do what they want with them. Um, When I was at, when I was at a company, it was like, I couldn't really do that. I was, I was scared to go publish a, a, like one of our posts on medium because it could potentially have negative consequences. I think with our own project, that's like a big piece of it is like, let's just test a bunch of unscalable stuff. Let's go (laughs) test a bunch of like, just like really crazy ideas and, and just see what happens. And if it works, that's great. Now we can go share these learnings with our audience and then they can go try it themselves. I think that's one of the things that you can't really do when you're at a company doing content marketing for a company. Um, because it can negatively impact your business. So 
Yeah. yeah, there's kind of a meta lesson here that like I, I think I've always resonated with and maybe some of the audience does, which is like you read these back on what we said, you read these success stories, you read these blog posts and, and everything. It kind of has this Facebook feed effect where all your friends on Facebook are like smiling at the beach and stuff. And you're like, <laughs> okay. like I like I'm like questioning whether I'm succeeding or a total failure at life. Like is anyone else doing that? <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> so there's the same thing in business where you're like, uh so who's struggling? Yeah, and so and so you read these posts, and so in, in the marketing aspect, you're like, okay, well, so what should I do? Should I be on Facebook and Twitter? Should I start a blog? Should yeah. I do networking? Should I go to conferences? Like, should I post on LinkedIn? I don't, I don't know. And there's always people that have some success story on the other. Benji made a good point earlier, which is, it's you don't just plug and play these things, right? It it, it changes. But at the same time, the flip side of that is, if you tried to do this in some silo where you weren't exposing yourself to other strategies people were using, you're also hampering yourself significantly because people have done stuff and chances are, look, chances are whatever your business is right now, there is somebody else that if you got like 30 minutes with them and and you did exactly whatever they tell you, that your business would explode. I mean, mm-hmm. chances are, that's true for me, that's true for you, that's true for any of us, right? Because yeah. there's people that have just done outlandish things, right? I sometimes always, I always think, if I, if I feel stuck, I think, Okay, like if Elon Musk was in my business right now and he was like, what What would he do? Like, he surely he would be successful, right? There's <laughs> just touch it. What would they do? So there's all this, there's like this buffet of tactics or whatever. There's this balance. Don't, if you start something and it doesn't work, it doesn't mean that it's terrible yeah. or, it's, or it's a bad tactic. You may need to modify it. It's the approach. Or, Or you then test something else. And so that like testing and iteration is good. And then when you, when something starts working, you double down on it. I'll give you another example. My like project manager slash copywriter slash assistant, she does all kinds of stuff. She also has her own fitness blog. It's catered to a particular um, thing. In fact, I could just say it. It's Erica Volk fitness um, dot com. She's a women with PCOS. Okay. So she's like trying to grow it. She has a great email list. It's like, you know, four or 5,000 or whatever. And she, um, she all of a sudden decided to test this random strategy of Facebook ads. And she doesn't have like a ton of, of money sitting around to blow on Facebook. So she tests it with, with a little bit of money. And we're going to probably write a post about this on my site about it. So this is happening right now. Uh, she tests it with like 40 bucks or so and is like, hmm. That's interesting. I was trying to do it just to grow my email list, and and but some fraction of them happened to find my site after they joined my email list and buy a book I have, and I made twenty bucks off of this forty dollars spent. So she sends me an email and she's like, "Is this normal?" And I was like, "Whoa! What if you actually in your first email to them just promoted the book? And said, <laughs> hey, here, here it is. What would happen?" Now she's making, and I don't want to reveal too much numbers, but she's making uh, a decent turnaround on every 40 bucks she's spending there. And literally one of the last Skype conversations I had with her yesterday was, Erica, spend as much money as you can on Facebook until yeah. like that ROI goes out because right now it's an ATM for you. Yeah. Um, right. And that she like stumbled upon this. No one, no one's going to come. Like, well, my mythical scenario, if somebody could have come and tell her how to explore her business, that's not actually going to happen. But what I'm saying <laughs> is all these things are out there. How did she discover this? One of the, one of my mentors, Brian Harris of video fruit, um, he has this post where he tested the strategy just to grow his email list. She was trying the same thing. She now yeah. discovered some people are naturally buying her book. It turns out 
it's like, why is this working? It's very difficult to get the kind of numbers she does on just sort of a content marketing thing, especially selling an ebook, because it turns out she blogs on a very specific subject, how to like manage your weight and whatever for women with a particular ailment called PCOS. And that's a hmm. knit, close knit community. And then it turns out there's a Facebook targeting feature that shows interest in a particular PCOS thing. It shows that these people are interested. So she's found an avenue. She's sort of stumbled upon an avenue where she can target an extremely targeted way people who think that they're all alone. And then she approaches and they're like, whoa, a Facebook ad about this exact thing that I think about all the time that I think is ruining my life. So, of course, there's this massive resonance, right? It may not work for your business, but those strategies are out there. Something is there that will work. And you got to keep plugging away at it and test that. That's what we want to do on Grow and Convert Live. I love that. Particular thing. That's that's probably the best example I've heard. And I think, I think going like, I I think what, 20 or 30 minutes ago, you asked like, what most people don't do well or where most people fail. And I think that that's like the perfect example of it. It's, it's testing something and thinking that something doesn't work. And so that they just, they let it go or they just stop investing in that or stop trying. Typically, like, especially if you're reading a lot about a certain tactic that works for multiple businesses, if if it doesn't work for your business, it's probably not the tactic or the channel. It's probably the approach you're taking. And so I, I, I think where most people fail at that is they just, they don't, they don't test enough and they don't, like if they fail quickly, they don't keep trying to figure out what, what will work or how can I modify this concept for my own business? And well, so, so at the same time, so, yeah. so, but answer this Benji. So that's yeah. a good point. But at some point, some tactics don't work for some. Exactly. Businesses. So how do you figure out when to stop investing? Right. So there is a balance there yeah. where but you have to like test, but don't give up too early. But at the same time, like don't stop completely. So, so another example is my own business. When I started this, I was like, well, how do I get any clients? It started actually as like a design business for presentations. And so I had heard about people getting it through cold emails. I sent a hundred of these emails. I only got one deal and I was like, okay, like cold emails don't work. Then later, uh, when I changed it to CRO, it moved from PowerPoint design, web design, and then optimizing a website. Then, uh, a mentor of mine said, no, no, but don't just send random cold emails. Like, pick certain people. We started with certain bloggers that we knew were monetizing their blog well, and then and then don't just send them a, a small cold email. Spend hours and hours doing this elaborate pitch where you mm-hmm. basically tell them what they can do. Just like do free work for them. And be like, here, here are the things you should A/B test on your website. Just do it right now. Like the first two that I sent, they responded and said, "This is amazing." Um, like, yes, let's talk. And, and these wow. people get like thousands of emails a month or whatever. And one of them even said, can I, you, can we write a post about this email? And <laughs> that post exists. And now people ask me all the time. They're like, well, so I sent 50 emails and I didn't get anything back. And it's kind of hard for me to respond after a while. Like at first I would like do these elaborate responses because of this particular issue. Cause I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know who your target audience. So just like keep modifying things. Is it who you're targeting? Is it your pitch is not good? I, I mean, I don't know. Is it that like details of your email? And so on the one hand, you have to iterate. I could have just thrown this entire idea out, but that idea actually was the burgeoning. That was like the seed that started my business. It probably won't scale to, you know, a million well, you, yeah, dollars you, a year in revenue. Well, and you can't scale it. There's no leverage for you to sit and do free analysis. and oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But, but it, it worked for me in that context. And so at some point, 
like Erica's story, if she just kept trying and it would cost 10 bucks to get one email and, and, uh, and she definitely wasn't making any money on it at some point she has to stop. Right. But so there's a balance that you kind of just got to feel for yourself, but I think it's important to sort of take these strategies, test them and then try to find where you see like an inkling of light at the end of the tunnel and, and then, and then dig deeper on those routes. And then eventually when you find something that like opens up, then double down on it. Yeah, of course. I, I mean, I think that's how most startups grow. It's like they, they test a bunch of different stuff. They find something like that, which is like one channel that ha- that can show repeatable growth. And they basically tap that channel out for as long as they can. And then they're forced to go find other channels to, to keep scaling. But I'd say it's, it's usually finding something like that, where it's just a cold email and that got you to your first 10 clients. And then uh, to get to the, your 50, that channel is not going to work anymore. So now you have to go explore other things. And, and, and then you can also iterate. So right now what we're doing uh, in my agency is we have a particular sales guy who, who can send massive amounts of cold emails with very, when we have a very targeted method to find certain businesses that use certain software, et cetera. And so we're trying that technique. It could work. It could not. But it's like a modification for like the stage that we're in now. We're at a stage where I can't spend all my time doing these elaborate emails. We need to somehow reach a broader audience. And so that keeps changing, right? Yeah. So I I think the learning is just if, if you try something and it doesn't work before just moving on to the next thing, like just really take a step back and analyze like why didn't it work or how could I modify this approach to potentially get some traction and then if you keep trying and it doesn't work, then maybe go try something else. But I think it's important to like look for trends. Like I think your example is really good of, of the person that you're working with of like see like her initial goal was to get email signups and then she started noticing somewhere else. So it's like, huh, I'm kind of curious. Let's, let's dig a little bit deeper into this and see what's going on here and how I could do something with this. I think the key is just to be naturally curious and always question everything. And, and see how to modify things or change things so that maybe they will work. Yeah. yeah. To, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, I see so many people and, and I kind of am in the internet marketing space, but they do the same thing where it's, they, well, I got to do Facebook ads. So they try it and, and it doesn't work instead of looking at, you know, the 30 iterations that Facebook did of that ad and said, well, this one actually got a higher click through rate or whatever that looks like. And then they stop. And it's, it is that playing and testing. I tested a post recently. I was like this, epic content right and mm. and i and i i i don't know not epic but it was like 2500 words and it was really a walkthrough and and i i worked on the headline and i put a couple opt-ins just like natively within the content yeah. um and i said hey if you want to download this post and a little cheat sheet on formatting posts and I got like 14 opt-ins the day I just published the post mm-hmm. and i was like okay this really works now we got to keep keep tweaking yeah yeah the content upgrade will be yeah. a post about that soon um <laughs> Two more stories that now, now that we're talking about this, I don't, and Kim, you can cut us off. We're no, I, can, I feel like I could talk to you guys all day, so keep going. <laughs> so, so, uh, one story of that is, um, is this guy. So I don't know if you, Noah Kagan has a phrase. Oh yeah. <laughs> what, you know, when, when people ask, well, how do I grow my business? Noah Kagan, he, uh, started AppSumo, which is kind of like this. I'm going to grossly simplify a group on for software products, et cetera. Now he's changed it to, uh, now he's focusing on sumo me, which has a bunch of tools to help grow email lists and your audience and traffic. Anyway. So he has this phrase when people ask like, how do you grow your business, et cetera. 
Um, he says, what is working so far? Because generally, these are people trying to grow. So something has worked. He yep. says, what works? Do more of that. And so he's really good at Facebook ads. He was also employee number 30 at Facebook. So he's well, well knows sort of the, the, platform, the platform. And uh, and he said at some point, they were spending so much money on Facebook, tens of thousands a month. And there was some podcast I listened to about it. And he said at some point, he just asked his Facebook ad guy, what if we spent a hundred thousand dollars a month? Will we still make money? And it just kept pushing it. So that's the double down, um, yeah, where, that. where you just keep pushing it and eventually they'll hit a wall where they just, you know, it doesn't work. It doesn't target. And so that's the generally for you, there's a question of like, what works? Do more of that that you can ask. But I want to, I want to say one sort of hack if I can reduce it down to that, but it's really just a strategy to, cause, cause you could say, well, Fine. So there's a million things I could test, guys. <laughs> yeah. So your advice is test everything. I don't have all that kind of time. Nah, Here's yeah. a way to shorten that. Who has done or or been where you want to go? And I'm not talking like, you know, Richard Branson. Okay. So he was there where you wanted to be maybe 30 years ago. Who is maybe three years ahead of you? Right. Something is something feasible. Talk to them. And what do they do? Chances are, if you talk to 10 of them, you'll have then a smaller buffet of choices that seems to have worked for them. So a classic example, a very good friend of mine that's also a consultant that lives nearby that we talk to all the time, he was like, oh, I'm going to use your email strategy. And he would he called it the Davis's email strategy. He sent out a bunch of emails, whatever. <laughs> nothing happened. He develops apps. It turns out, this is our learning so far, he helps companies, like he's like a UI designer, design, design apps actually, and sort of do the UI flow. It turns out like when most people want to make an app, that that need is not forever existing. It like comes like at a specific time in a business. Time period. Yes. Right. Yep. They're like, oh, we're at this stage in our business. We need an app. And you gotta catch you gotta catch them at that business. Or you need to forever be sort of present wherever they look or who they're talking to. So when that need arises, you're there. So for him to send those cold emails, he got responses. People were like, Oh, this is great. Because he would be like, here's how you should improve things and change things around. But they were like, okay. Like, maybe we'll get back to you when we need it. Yeah. And so he's like, well, this is not generating any revenue. He went, he talked to a, a mutual mentor of ours and he said, and that guy said, you're missing some place of the puzzle. Stop and go ask people that have done what you've done. I think he actually, most people will be like, okay, they like have one call or something or they read a blog post. No, he talked to, I think, six to 10 like design firms or people that have done this. And he had basically this 30 to 70 ratio. This is how nerdy we got about it. But this is all how careful we were about it. 30 of them said, I started a blog. So I was like ever present aware, like on the internet of people who wanted to like do this specific thing for designing a website or designing an app or whatever. So when they need me, then they like find my contact they're on my list. I'm like always at top of mind. So when they need me, they reach out to me. 70% though said, oh yeah, I tried that. It didn't work for me that doesn't work all i did was network i have almost no online presence but i just network 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 and so i have this like gamut of like some hundred of people that if they ever need an an app or whatever or anyone they know the only person they will refer is me so he was like that's interesting so he tried both strategies he didn't even get that far in blogging he just started going to two meetups a week two meetups a week that had his target audience in it. You know, he's also in the Bay area. So some, some startup, blah, 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 tech meetups. Right. 
Some of them fail. He would leave with like no context. <laughs> but then after a while, he found which meetups get better sort of examples. He did this for a month or two and he started to make these contacts. And some of them were like, oh, you do what? Oh, we might need that. Deals started coming in. Deals started coming in. He almost doesn't need to go to these meetups. Now he's trying a referral strategy. That's a classic example. Like he and I are very close and I, and he tried my exact strategy. He then had direct access to the person who that strategy has worked for me. Like, so think about it. It's not like he didn't know or he didn't implement it correctly. He, we were like texting. He's like, what did you do for this? Why isn't this working? It still didn't work. He went to the people that have already accomplished this and they said, do this. This is what I do. There was a, a much smaller subset. There were two options presented to him from 10 interviews and uh, and one of them, and it just sort of exploded his business. Yeah. I, I, to build on that example, even for that specific space, so I, I was very focused on the online aspect and we had a, a large amount of visitors coming to our site. And so like traditional marketing wisdom would tell you, okay, so if you have a blog, what's the best way to convert these people off your blog? Let's get them into an email list. Let's nurture them. And I was kind of realizing the same thing about the, the app development space. Like people, it's not like you can just email someone and someone's like, Oh, actually, you know what? I have a need for an app now and you, you convinced me to go build one. It's like, no, people have an idea. They right. either go raise funding or they have the funding right now. And it, it comes to a point in time where they just make a decision and now they need someone instantly. And so instead of, instead of just converting our blog visitors to email subscribers and then building a nurture program that was trying to get people to come to us when they needed our services, I had to think through things a different way. And so it was basically, we had certain posts on our, on our website that were built around like mid to low funnel search activities. For the example, it, it might've been like a Android versus a iOS app development. So if you think about where the person is in the, in the buying process, you, it's basically someone already has a, like a need for something built and they're probably in the decision making phase of should I build it on one platform or the other? So when people came into this article, what we did is we used, uh, Sumo Me's like list builder. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of just capturing their email, we served up an, uh, basically a direct response ad that said, Hey, are you deciding between uh, building an app on iOS or Android? Uh, pop in your email and your phone number and hop on the phone with one of our mobile consultants and we can help walk you through the pros and cons of each platform. So now we're, we're talking to the people right when they're in the decision-making process. And they probably, at this point, they probably haven't figured out who's going to develop their app yet because they don't know which platform they're going to build on. So from, from a development standpoint, uh, the skill set of a, Android and iOS developer is very different. And so we thought if we can get on the phone with them at this point in the decision-making process and just have a conversation with them and build trust and just help them out, that they're more likely to come back to us when they actually are ready to purchase, which could be a couple weeks, a couple months. Uh, and we started doing that for a bunch of different pages with the same concept for design development. And that's ended, that ended up what drove like almost all of the growth from our blog. So that's why we ended up getting so many leads that converted from our blog was just helping people and and doing something that most businesses wouldn't do. Like, so taking us like a conventional marketing wisdom and just figuring out how you can apply that same wisdom, but like tweak it for this type of business because the buyer is very different. Um, so that, that's just like another example of like something that worked, especially from a conversion standpoint, uh, in blogging. 
Well, I think even hopping on the phone with people, <laughs> you know, it's that's the best shortest route, right, to find out what their pain point is and to have that conversation. A hundred percent. And, and like, so many people online just, oh, I, I work online. I don't want to get on the phone. And, and I've started doing that with readers or what, or, or even podcast. I'm like, hey, let's have a Skype call. And they're like, really? And and, and I, I have no agenda. It's literally let's let's talk and, and build a relationship. And I'm having a ton of fun with it. And who knows where it's going to go, but it's working. <laughs> Oh, a hundred percent. And I, it's like, there's so many businesses that are like, that's a waste of time. They're not a prospect. They're still cold. Like, why would I spend time doing this? They haven't like given us like anything yet. And it's just like, well, one for me, like I was actually the person calling all of my own leads. So I would be able to ask them open-ended questions. Like, how did you first hear about us? Where did you find us? Uh, what did you think about the site? What did you think about this piece of content? Was it helpful? I'm taking all this feedback and then going and reapplying it to our marketing and improving our landing pages, taking real pain points that they had and, and writing articles and content about it. So for me, it was a really good way to, one, connect with someone on a very deep level, understand their needs, their pains, and then work that back into our marketing messaging. And that's what led to like us improving everything substantially. And so like typically a marketer doesn't call people. Typically you would just push that off to a salesperson inside of a company and say like, you got your marketing, you're only focusing on, on developing awareness and getting people interested. And then I'm going to give it to a salesperson to go actually convert this person and sell them. But I just found from really connecting with the user on a very deep level and, and really just talking to them and having a conversation and, and a relationship and being that you weren't incentivized to actually sell them, um, it, it really came off more genuine. Uh, I was just genuinely interested about them and what they were building and, and really learning about them. And I didn't have a commission structure built in. So <laughs> yeah. I, I think that really led to, to more trust a better understanding of what their needs were so that we could continually get better uh, at marketing to, to this audience and, and connecting with them and building trust with them. Um, you guys, I could keep you here all day, but I don't want to. I One last question, and and I would really love to have you both on individually. Um, but So can you let everybody know, um, just so where are you at right now? You've given yourself six months to grow, grow and convert, right? To mm-hmm. 40,000 monthly uniques. Can you give us an update? Yeah, I'm looking at analytics because I figured this question would come up. Um, <laughs> and for everybody listening, their deadline is April 17th. Um, <laughs> After yeah. which we will incinerate ourselves in the blog if we don't hit that number. <laughs> <laughs> now we'll probably just write a, a post about it, but I'm not even thinking about what happens if we don't hit the goal because we're going to hit this goal. Um, so we're at 14,076 unique visitors right now. Um, and no, that's, no, that's not, you mean yeah, that's, that's for the last 15 days of this month. Um, Four, you mean 1400? Yeah. 1400. Okay. That, yeah. That's Big difference. 1476. <laughs> you're right. Uh, and then 2,467 sessions. So about a thousand people difference between sessions and unique visitors. So uh, let's put it, let's put it in context. So yeah. we're at month, well, we started mid-November. We're at month two. So we started November 17th. It's January 15th right now. So a little less than two months in. Um, yeah, over. So last had, month, last month we got what? 2,000? Tw- no, 1,200 uniques, I think. Yeah. And so now we're on track for three. So we went from zero, about 1,200. So half of three. And now we're on track for hitting about 
3,000. So, and that's if nothing changes, but I think we'll have a couple of posts that potentially go viral this month or get a lot more traction than we had previously. So we're hoping for five, actually. And then overall, we've had 4,300 people exactly um, visit our blog since we first started on the 17th. And then you have a list as well. So how have you, what's, where's the list at? It, the list has actually been the craziest growth. So in the last, what, I think I sent you a text message two weeks ago. I think, yeah, I think I we're around on my phone. So I 400. Keep, yeah. I keep sending them list updates. So I think two or even last week, I think we were at like 270. And this week uh, I'm looking right now, we're at 427. Um, so in the last week we've grown over a hundred email subscribers. And I think that that's going to be another key driver of growth uh, is to keep building this list and keep building that engaged audience. And hopefully those people will spread um, our content that we're sharing with them to their own networks. And, and hopefully that will kind of drive the viral growth of this blog. Yeah, not hopefully that it will happen because that's what an email <laughs> list does. So anyone who's growing content marketing and you're not growing your email list, start doing that immediately. Oh, yeah. um, and that's like another huge point because I didn't do that previously. I think ops, I didn't have a list of 10,000, 20,000 people that we were continually sending this to. It was all driven through content promotion. So this is like a new concept for me that not only do we get to promote through our content distribution channels, but now we also have this engaged list that will keep uh, driving visitors on a continual basis. Yeah, email subscribers comment more. So when you see blogs with just like hundreds of comments in a post, they definitely have an email list. Uh, they comment more, they'll share, they come back. They, when you're ready to release a product, they'll beta test it because they trust you at that point. I mean, it's just so many benefits. You guys, this has been fantastic. And I'm serious. Like, I do want to have you both on and hopefully, uh, which it should that hopefully this interview, which will go live in a couple of weeks will also drive some traffic. So, uh, being people who measure stuff, I'd love to hear if that works too. Um, this has just been amazing. You guys, thank you so much for being here today. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm just no, like, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Thank you for having us. It's the first podcast that we've done about our site together. And so I think that's really exciting and it was, it was a lot of fun. Okay, do you see what I mean? Do you see why I have to have them each on the show now? I mean, you've got somebody who's great at content and somebody who's great at conversions, and I want to get better at both. And I think I'm better at content since I don't do much on the conversion side yet. I'm getting there. I'm really, really diving into tracking and measuring and and seeing how I can tweak stuff. But um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Be sure to check out growandconvert.com and then connect with them individually. All the links are in the show notes and stay tuned. I'm going to see if I can get them on the show um, probably within the next month and a half or so, just so we can kind of keep everything fresh and maybe get a little bit of an update on this. And then as I'm sitting here saying that, I think it would probably be great to have them on when the experiment's over and see, you know, what they accomplished in those six months. So as always, you guys, thanks so much for listening. And if you haven't left a review, I would love a review in iTunes. Just head on over there and uh, give us a five-star review. Us, that would be me and my guests, right? Because it's a solo show. <laughs> All right, you guys, have an awesome day. I love you tons. Thanks so much for listening.